0: everybody i just wanted to give you a quick intro before you listen to the show today just a couple of things to clear up at one point uh we described the uh constantine television series as a cw series that had existed on uh nbc and had come back to life on the cw that's not entirely true uh the first and only season of constantine aired on nbc and then the character was reprised on various different flash-verse shows, most notably Legends of Tomorrow. Um, Also, at one point, Alex, the incredible Alex Steed, uh, host of Why Our Dads and Nashville Demystified, uh, calls me Garrett, which is really my fault for uh, calling myself G. Brett Williams, which is, you know, slightly pretentious, putting my first initial in front of my name. But hey, it helps you uh, find me on the internet, which is extremely important, because that's where we're all living these days. Um, One thing, that has happened since we recorded this. We recorded this uh, right around Halloween. And since then, uh, there's been some talk about Constantine 2. Peter Stormare has teased it. Uh, We'd love to hear everyone's thoughts uh, about that on Twitter. So just get at us and let's start talking about how you feel about a Constantine sequel and if you're excited about it. And also how you feel about the potential J.J. Abrams prestige series on HBO Max. There's been a lot of sort of discussion around Constantine lately and interested to hear everyone's thoughts about it and uh and everyone's thoughts about the show as well as always uh follow our talented guest alex steed on twitter and uh listen to his shows why our dads and nashville demystified you can also support why our dads on patreon Uh, and follow this show at the keanu soars uh that's uh keanu soars as in connoisseurs of keanu so um you put those two words together, should be able to figure it out. Uh, you can find Jasmine on Twitter at Blueberry Jelly, and you can find me on Twitter at Gibrat Williams. And uh, yeah, enjoy the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Keanu Soars, the podcast where we are breaking down the entire Keanu Reeves uh, film archive and uh, discussing and uh, and rating those films based on our um, not-at-all-scientific rating system. I am your co-host, G. Brett Williams. Uh, I am a creative director and a sometimes comic book writer and an even less frequent uh, short film maker. Uh, and this is my co-host, Jasmine, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. Hi, I'm Jasmine. I am a rabid Keanu Reeves fan. I am based in Chicago. I am a research analyst, and I have been dying to get back into the podcast game. So here we are.
0: Here we are. And our guest for this is uh, Alex Steed. Alex, why don't you tell everybody uh, a little bit about your bona fides? And uh, and if you could give us your first, your kind of earliest Keanu memory. Sure.
2: Um, So my name is Alex Steed. I'd say the most interesting thing about myself right now is I'm the co-host of a show called Why Are Dads, uh, co-hosted by Sarah Marshall, who... Also co-hosts the show you're wrong about. Um, And I have another podcast called Nashville Demystified, which is about um, interesting and weird history about the city of Nashville. Uh, And I have a commercial video production company called Knack Factory. Um, Let's see. Earliest Keanu memory. I grew up with Bill and Ted. Not, I mean... They're fictional characters, but I grew up uh, watching them on VHS. And uh, that was also my introduction to George Carlin. So I'm grateful uh, uh, to Keanu for that.
0: That is actually, that's my, like, it's not my earliest Keanu Reeve memory. I think my, my, I think I have a slightly earlier I somewhere around like the Paula Abdul rush, rush video, (laughs) Bill and Ted, like that's sort of where it all started for me. And, but it's definitely my first intro to George Carlin, which then went on to like be very foundational to a lot of my sense of humor and my political leanings as a teenager, Mm -hmm. um, for sure. So, uh, so Alex, do you, have you, uh, We're, the, the film we're reviewing today is, is Constantine, the, uh, adaptation, the, the loose adaptation of the DC comic series Hellblazer. Uh, Alex, had you seen Constantine coming into this? Uh, yeah, I mean, as I, as I said to you and Jasmine earlier uh,
2: before we started to record, I saw this in the theater and I don't remember anything about it. And <laughs> I I did not remember anything about it. And I conflated it with the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember. There was an Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, uh, end movie. End of Days? Right, exactly. Yes. So okay. this, oh. wow, this, I cannot <laughs> believe I figured that out. Yes, 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 yes. yes. The way that the way the End of Days was like the Terminator multiplied by hell. This was yes. like Keanu Reeves. Reeves, late 90s, early 2000s, multiplied by hell.
0: hundred uh, percent. And we will get into that later in the podcast uh, in, in, in a lot of detail. I don't Jasmine, want to give anything away about where no. this is going. <laughs> it's going somewhere very specific. and you We're will, all, you will all Yes. Um, so Jasmine, why don't you uh, give us like, a, just like a, a summary, if you can, of, of what, it, this will be very difficult because it's not an easily summarized Mm-mm. film, but what is Constantine about?
1: Yes, so it is a very dated movie based on a comic book <laughs> based That's on a <laughs> yeah. um, based on a comic book character. The main uh, guy, obviously, is Keanu Reeves. He plays John Constantine, a uh, exorcist slash demon detective, and he comes across Rachel Wise, who plays a possibly corrupted cop named Angela Dotson. Her twin sister by falling off the top of a building, and as devout Catholics, she is sure that's not the case, so she somehow gets back into contact with Constantine, and they dive into the depths of hell and overt Catholicism and Latin everywhere to figure out what exactly happened, and she also experiences what it's like to be Constantine, and that he actually does Exercise demons because we are existing in a not so realistic setting where magic and religion are possibly one and the same.
0: Yeah, that's okay. That's fairly. Yeah, that's a fairly good summary. There's a (laughs) lot of there's there definitely is a lot of Catholicism, a lot of Catholic imagery. And you mentioned that it's based on a comic book character. That comic book character is John Constantine, Mm -hmm. who was created uh, by famous curmudgeon wizard and armchair anti-capitalist Alan Moore um, and his artist Stephen Bissett when they were um, when they were doing the Uh, When they were on Swamp Thing together, DC eventually spun it off into its own comic um, called Hellblazer. I think most notably visually, what's interesting about Keanu Reeves being cast as Constantine is that the original character was based on Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner, uh, who is most commonly known as Sting. (laughs) Um, and considering the friend group and overall like following that I have on the internet, I'd like to point out that that is Sting, the British pop singer and tantrist, not Sting, the wrestler from the south, oh <laughs> not the WCW wrestler, the um, tantrist. That's the best. <laughs> um, you, if think,
2: you are if you are of a certain age, you know a certain thing about Sting. Like, yes,
0: he can, he can fuck for hours, hours <laughs> to a to a near match. Uh, state of mind we've been told, um, and Sting also like still looks fantastic. And oh,
2: yeah, uh, is a beautiful! It's absolutely beautiful,
0: man. <laughs> um, he uh, and so so yes, it is based on it is based on those comics. Um, Hellblazer was uh, a huge Vertigo title for like 300 issues. Um, it has been spun off into this movie, into TV shows, video games, and other things as well um this so alex were you a reader of hellblazer did you read these comics growing up no i my the extent of like my
2: subversive comic reading in the 90s uh or what i mean it doesn't go as far back as the 80s but in the 90s was preacher um but i didn't i didn't get much deeper than that i didn't know you know, I I was fortunate in watching this movie in that I was just confused about it being a generally confusing movie. I didn't have my I didn't have a, I didn't have my heart broken by knowing that it was um you know a, a perversion of a existing and beloved franchise. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and and it's interesting that you mentioned Preacher because the the run of of Hellblazer that this movie is based is mostly based on is uh is the run by you know by. Uh, preacher creators Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon, um, and right, so called, there
2: is overlap, right? Like there is there the is, preacher. Yes. Okay, got it. You, you're yeah. saying that as I'm interrupting you, yeah? But yeah yes, no, no, so. it's, <laughs> no,
0: totally. And, and and it is. It's it's a run that they did called Dangerous Habits, and like mostly the only parts of it that kind of exist in this film are the lung cancer. John mm. is trying to figure out how to beat lung cancer and keep his soul out of hell, like that general narrative framework exists in dangerous habits, but how the filmmakers get there is remarkably different and involves like a spirit shotgun mm-hmm. at one point. Um, yeah. So, um, but it is interesting that you mentioned preacher because a lot of the themes that they ca- like preacher, like honestly the Constantine character, the way that Dylan and Ennis and, and created him is kind of like a demo reel for preacher. The same sort of stuff comes up a lot um, now, Jasmine, you are you have a, a you have more of a like multimedia approach to this character, right? You did not read these comics either.
1: No, no, which is kind of um, embarrassing to say because Constantine no, is. Oh no, no, just because I cosplay as him, so I should have a better understanding of who he is. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah yeah so it's like very specifically keanu very specifically this one movie as well as like a random couple episodes of the cw show but yeah coming in as a this was
2: a cw show yeah. yes yeah it is it is like back of... like back in the like in the when when did that oh, it's
0: part of the flash verse correct mm-hmm. yes yes oh, oh okay. so not long it's ago, recent like yeah six years ago mm-hmm. okay cool. so yeah Yes, it's I I believe I I feel like maybe it even started on NBC, was canceled and then was picked up by the CW and then folded into the Flashverse. Something like
1: that, because the first pilot like commercial is noticeably different than what it looks like on the CW, which is very annoying. Um, Yeah. Mm hmm. Can,
2: can I ask you can I ask a follow-up question to Jasmine about yes. that J- uh, Jasmine when you decide who to cosplay as uh-huh. considering you don't you didn't know much about the the background of Constantine how do you is that an aesthetic decision
0: um like, it's, how did you arrive there yeah yeah
2: it's a it was
1: 80 percent aesthetic uh like 15 percent Keanu and then okay. the other whatever is that I did not want to wear a black suit and a white uh t-shirt and so I googled and uh found out and based my look off the cw character which is actually pretty Uh, close to the hellblazer um thing but yeah and it was like i mean it's pretty easy i went to the thrift store and like got all my stuff there but yeah it (laughs) is very much like also when i first uh cosplayed as him i was a smoker and i was like this is great this is something that i could put into as my character research (laughs) so
0: (laughs) this this movie makes you want a cigarette. Oh my God. Just about any movie yeah, I've ever seen. I texted
1: movies. Brett being like, I am dying for a cigarette and this is not okay. Cause it's been. <laughs> years.
0: So, okay. So Constantine, uh, features it is, it is directed by Francis Lawrence, who would go on to also adapt a polarizing adaptation of another cherished horror franchise, which is I am legend,
2: mm. oh. uh,
0: with Will Smith. And then, uh, not to be outdone would, uh, direct three of the four Hunger Games films as well. Oh. So this guy really likes taking on a uh, a beloved literary franchise and seeing if he can get it right or not. Um, it was released in 2005. It actually kind of was considered a bomb in the United States, international release, and through streaming, it has made up its money. And it kind of has that... Um, Cult, it's kind of got kind of a cult following now. And it's in that like sweet spot that we kind of, like Jasmine and I have talked about this, about loving on like Rotten Tomatoes or, or Metacritic, where it's like a 50%, which means there's like no ambivalence about this film. <laughs> 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 it is a film that exists with like zero gray area. You either love it or hate it. <laughs> um, and and to, yes, and to to Jasmine's point, uh, Keanu plays the titular character, Rachel Weisz Angela Dobson. It also features... A pre-Shia uh, Sance Shia LaBeouf mm-hmm. um, as as Chaz, his faithful sidekick, his his girl Friday, um, Tilda Swinton in perhaps the most incredible casting of all time, just as, iconic, yeah, perfect, as the Archangel perfect Gabriel. casting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then also Peter Stormare as Lucifer. Um, and then one interesting bit of casting. Um, I feel like we're all roughly from the same age group. Was anyone else surprised to see that lead singer of Bush, oh, Gavin oh, Roswell? Rost- Rost- yeah. Yes, that is literally
2: the only thing I remember about this movie <laughs> is like being horny for Gavin Rossville. Oh my
1: god! Gavin. Okay, Ooh. I'm glad you said that because I too found him very attractive. And then my yeah. partner ruined it and said he looks like trump jr and i'm just like oh, you are forever so banned true. from oh, commenting god. on any of these movies
0: <laughs> true. oh yeah. my god he kind of does yeah um but he's still is... real
1: smoking hot so oh, yeah he's
2: smoking hot and,
0: he's <laughs> and that. if you if, if you are of
2: a certain age too when you came up with uh governor russell the big selling point for him is that he didn't wash his hair mm. yes. and uh, uh i mean that was outside of every other obvious. selling, point um, But like him in a suit with washed hair, it's not as affecting as like 1996 uh, glycerine era Bush, but no. I, would, I,
0: I take it. It was good. Yeah. yeah I would, I would still, I, a, a dominating point of, I think a lot of these films that we discuss is just going to be like how attractive Keanu is. Yes. And then mm-hmm. like how, and then like how many other attractive people have they put in his sphere yes. as well? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, it, it is really difficult to like play against, Keanu Reeves and still be like extremely hot and smoldering and mm-hmm. sexy, and Gavin Rosdell smolders literally and figuratively in mm-hmm. the scene in his yeah. uh, in his in, in, especially in his death scene. Um, yes, but it's hard. So,
2: to, They're all eclipsed
0: by uh, Tilda. Oh yes, I mean, she's mm-hmm. just ethereal. Fa- like, yes. I mean, I Why? thank you, Jasmine. That's the word. Yes. that was definitely <laughs> yeah, She's beatific, I grew up. I, so I grew up Catholic, and I am lapsed Catholic now, and like there's definitely just this sort of, like, fear and reverence and kind of alien, unknowable, like, quality to al- to to angels, the mm-hmm. way that they're sort of written in scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, Tilda Swinton is that. Like, she is mm-hmm. just this sort of unknowable, alien kind of beauty. Mm-hmm. And, like, seeing her as a pissed-off, kind of arrogant, <laughs> snotty angel is, like, just perfect casting. Yeah. And honestly, like, this film is perfect kind of perfectly cast it is i think that like if you think that this film succeeds it's probably because the cast is doing so much with what Mm -hmm. they're given because it is like honestly like on its surface constantine is a film just packed with expository dialogue that has a plot that is almost impossible to follow oh boy yep Uh, and and it is it is acted really but it's carried off by this like beautiful aesthetic like it looks great there are great shots in it. it it almost feels to me like like um are either of you like fans of like alex proyas like it feels to mm-hmm. me like an like an evolution of like the crow dark mm-hmm. city like these kind of like oh. th- with like the way that he uses glass the kind of shots he's constructing the way that water features into everything mm-hmm. the way that windows features in everything mm-hmm. like if you told me constantine was an alex proyas film i would not be surprised mm-hmm. and I do think that because of that, it, it is interesting that, like, you have this thing that, like, could very easily have been, like, like Legion, that, like, Paul Bettany film, where <laughs> oh, it's just, like, like, Paul Bettany plays a, where, like, Paul Bettany is, like, an angel that, like, is trying to save people, like, that are trapped in a gas station from the mm. legions of hell. But it's awful. It, oh, but it's awful. So it's terrible. Because it's just, I mean, Constantine could have been that but everyone is trying so hard. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is genuinely really engaged in the material. And I think carrying it off in a really interesting way. Um, yeah. The- so like, I- only, I think, misstep that
1: happens um, is the fact that they decided to put Tilda Swinton and Assless Chaps in the last scene, uh, but yeah. everything else is perfect <laughs> up until then. <laughs>
2: but they also, I loved, I, I actually, like, thought of that outfit because I was like, oh, it's, like, a pretty great Halloween outfit. If oh, for sure. To. It's so good because it's just one thing right yes. and it would be it would it would be lost even if it was lost on you who you were supposed to be it would look great if you could pull that sort of I could not pull that sort of thing off that someone could pull it off but but I you know I I yeah I, I it felt <laughs> like everyone was in I don't know this, this it it suffered that thing where it's like introducing people to a very complicated mythology mm-hmm. and in yes. on whatever level feeling like you need your audience to know 100% of the mythology you know rather than just going like let's just give them a sliver and let them figure it out they were like if the audience does not leave able to pass this test we're screwed
0: exactly how it feels. I mean, it opens literally, it opens, the before there is ever a shot of a human being, there is a title card that explains to you what the MacGuffin in the film is, and, where, and where it comes from. It's uh-huh. like, this is the Spear of Destiny, this is what it does, this is when it was lost, Nazis were involved, okay, now let's go. And it's like, yes, Alec, you're right, it starts from the very beginning, like, explaining every single detail. And what you do, what you get when that happens is, You just put exposition into the mouths of all of your characters. Mm -hmm. So there's rarely a moment where like, a human being is interacting with someone where they're not also trying to explain mythology.
2: (laughs) This is also back in that quaint time in America when everyone agreed Nazis was bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. What an
0: interesting time that was. (laughs) I remember it
2: fondly. <laughs> sure. a Nazi flag. If you re release this movie now, they'd have to put a little title under the Nazi flag to be like, there was a time. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. <laughs> yeah. thought this Completely was a contextualize bad it. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And yeah. Brett, that's actually a really good point because my, anytime I watch a movie that either has like that title card in there explaining it or a narrator coming in to discuss like, you know, exposition or anything like that, most of the time I'm. It's either I will love that movie or I will despise that movie.
2: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Jasmine, what's a good title card lead? Uh, you're gonna love it? Like do you know is there one? Oh, that you can yeah, actually,
1: uh, never let me go that
2: Oh, I don't know what the title what what does it set up? Sorry to derail this. Oh, it's, no, no, please do. This oh is my God. exactly what this
0: is about. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's um so the title card sets up what the movie just simply does not have time for. So it sets up that we're in an alternate universe that it's a time where um they can come up with um like clones that will basically be used mm-hmm. to um make someone just like better because they could take that organ take that bone take that body part or whatever and so it sets it as like a very grim but also kind of um nostalgic time because it immediately Mm. switches over to like a very um it's not like sepia toned at all but it's like english countryside and everything like that so it like sets that kind of uh overwhelming dread sense without needing to do that from screen one
2: So you see that title and you're like, okay, we're going one way or another way. Let's see. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So to to you, it's like if something is like to your point, though, like if it if you feel like it's a thing that the film just really wasn't going to have time to get to like mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like it's like let's give them some some foundational information up front yes, so that when we get yes. into this and it's and it's not expository they understand what's going on as opposed mm-hmm. to Constantine which was like let's give them exposition out of the gate and then Ugh. nothing but exposition <laughs> yeah. the rest of the way <laughs> like um, yeah like Constantine
1: so, like, or Beeman could very much have spent some time talking about the Spear of destiny
0: or anything like that <laughs> so like interesting that you mentioned Beeman because there are two characters in this film that are like his pals mm-hmm. who like help him out along the way and, and I, I do want to talk about too like like the setting and everything but like there are two there are two and this is all like by the way if you've gotten this far into our weird little Keanu Reeves podcast and you're worried <laughs> about spoilers for a film that is 15 years old <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> most people die. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, <laughs> There are two characters, Father Hennessy and Beeman, literally the B-man, mm-hmm. uh, who both meet their demise in very specific ways. And, and Jasmine, I know that you thought it was... A little like you had some concerns about how yeah. ham fisted that foreshadowing was. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah, like very the- ham fisted. Like, uh, Beeman <laughs> <laughs> dies because he gets um, overwhelmed with bees sent by the very hot uh, <laughs> Gavin Rostow. <laughs> yes, B- yes. B-
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, the Yeah. Um, but then <laughs> sure. Hennessy,
1: yeah, and then Hennessy dies because he over drinks just any he liquid would, on yeah, yeah, on alcohol. Oh my um, How does drowning
2: yeah. in fire die? How does he go? I'm just kidding. It's not a
0: good, it's not a good. <laughs> So I know that Jasmine like previously like... <laughs> <laughs> Um, Chaz, Chaz is the only person in the film who has a non-name related death. Mm. Um, but like following this logic, Chaz's name would be thrown into Ceiling Man. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. <it's> like, <laughs> um, but I do think it's funny because Jasmine asked me like like previ- like when we were discussing our notes before mm. we before we started, Jasmine was like, is this just a comic book thing? And I was like, this is 100% a comic book <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. To just like name characters and like really like ham-fisted over-the-top mm-hmm. ways that that allude to some key character point about them. Um, but I do think it's, I think I think that's a, uh, you know, I think that's a good place to, like, talk about character here and, like, how much, like, because a lot of this is, like, Papa Midnight is a character from the comics. Chaz is a character from the comics. Obviously, John is in the comics. And then there are some variations of Gabriel and Lucifer and these things. But, like, I, I think it's, you know, I think it's interesting that, like, the choice here was to to move this out of britain it is it is normally it's it's john constantine is a very british character he's historically Mm -hmm. mostly been written by british writers uh largely from the 2000 ad comics tradition so a lot of people like, like garth ennis peter milligan jamie delano there are these these people that are are british comic writers that that have really imbued a lot of that into constantine over the years so he feels like a very British character and they Mm -hmm. made the decision to change this to American was because the studio could not, or the the creators couldn't get anybody interested in it when it was a British property. So Mm. they changed the script. They, um, they, they started writing it and setting it in LA and suddenly started getting interest in it. Uh, An interesting side note here when we're talking about characters and casting is they originally wanted Nick Cage to be Constantine. I cannot.
1: I (laughs) read that and I was like, get out of here. Like, I appreciate Nick Cage for the campy, Mm -hmm. over the top, ridiculous showman that he is, but he is not, he would not have been Constantine.
0: (laughs) Alex, how would you have felt about this film if Nicolas Cage was John Constantine instead? (laughs) That's hard to, t- I mean, Nicolas Cage, uh, I
2: love Nicolas Cage so Same. much. And, and it, you know, Nicolas Cage has eras. Um, and I'd be curious to know, I mean, 2005, well, 2006 had the, one of the greatest Nick Cage roles or around that time, which I think was a bad lieutenant to Port of Call. Oh, that's, God, a, that's one of my favorite amazing. movies. I think like had he brought that energy to it, I would have been excited about it. But I think anyone was doomed in this movie, because of exactly, <laughs> I mean, this thing that we're talking about is the exposition thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't understand. Well, I guess I do. I mean, so much has changed in comic book movies in the past 15 years. But, like, there's so many interesting things about Constantine, as I know him now, that you could use to set up someone to explore a character. Like, this is a person who's haunted by by a, a gift or curse. Um, um, these are the things they're scared of as a result. Use that as a tapestry. But as a result, like, no matter who's going to be in this role, who essentially has to just, like you know, speak bubbles of comic book information <laughs> yes. is, is just cursed. So Nick Cage could have done it. Uh, John Goodman could have done it. Um, you know, I don't know,
0: like B. Arthur could have done it. Like it's... <laughs> just keep naming all my favorite actors. Um, the, like, <laughs> um, our next podcast is actually about B. Arthur. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think that there's like, I think that like it's weird because I do think that like Keanu and Nicolas Cage occupy similar spaces in my brain they definitely one goes very very small and one goes very big but like they are in sort of they they kind of their careers track along similar trajectories in that they are they're very versatile actors who do a lot of different properties and don't fear doing genre stuff Mm -hmm. at all and have done really great genre films and to that point like yeah i think it would have been like i think it would have been just as interesting and action a, a catholic action possession, sci-fi, horror, noir film with Nicolas Cage in it um, as it would be. But I, yeah, I do think there's a miss, there's kind of a miss here on like exploring all the things that make John Constantine so interesting. Like, it's like, this is a, like, I'm a, I am ai am an action movie fan mm-hmm. and I do genuinely think that ultimately Constantine is a pretty fun action film. But like a character exploration, it is not. Um, and I think that like, I think that's that you're missing something there a little bit because there is something unique. What was great about the comic? What was great about that dangerous habits storyline? And what was so like groundbreaking about it was like having this comic character that's like, you know, I mean, in in effect, a superhero dying of cancer Mm -hmm. and doing everything he can to be so desperate to try to like cheat death and cheat hell to try to solve this problem of dying from cancer and how you have this really human sort of thing happening within this very superhuman landscape. I think that's really interesting. What Constantine the film kind of does is just like put this superhero amongst all of these humans and like kind of just like in all superhero films, it's like, I kind of like, it's, he's kind of in danger, but you never really feel any tension. And like, also like he's probably going to be fine. And like, also there's going to be like a literal Chekhov's spirit shotgun above the, above the, (laughs) above the mantle for him to grab in the third act. And, and so like it, it, it feels, it's also, I think probably a little bit, it feels a little bit like competing with other movies of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like this is six years after the matrix, obviously, but it's, It's at the same time as Matrix sequels. It's um, it's competing with Hellboy, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, arguably made by a much better director and Guillermo (laughs) del Toro, exploring very similar themes. So, yeah, Jasmine, how did you feel like not coming from it? Like because I'm coming at it from this comic perspective. Mm -hmm. How did you feel like did you feel this was an interesting character exploration? And did you feel that device of like a superhero trying to solve cancer like came across well? Or were you were you thinking like, nah, I needed more?
1: So it's really interesting because my memory of Constantine versus when I watched it for this podcast is incredibly different and a little bit jarring. Um, The reason why I say that is because when I first saw it, I was 16 and I was seeing it secretly with my uncle because I was supposed to be in bed. Um, And it was like really late at night. And so it was like, terrifying like those scenes when they go into hell the scenes when um Gavin Rostell like his face is half I'm sorry uh Balthazar his face is uh, half <laughs> melted off um like as a 16 year old that's pretty pretty scary um but watching it now all I can think was I just kept referencing other movies while watching it like at yeah. the end, when um, the son of Mamen, I can't talk. Whatever, ma- we, mom, mom, and
0: ma- mom and I, yeah, uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, is uh, <laughs>
1: like moving around in Rachel Weisz's stomach. I was like, that's alien. Um, yes. When um, Baltazar just came up I was just like That coin thing It's like a It's like a It's like a bond villain move Um, And um, like Keanu's um, Entrance was epic But I was just like Neo did it better And um, with like Shia LaBeouf even I was just like This is pre Like um, Shia LaBeouf Renaissance And it's I I know he could do better All I can think though Is holes So (laughs) it, it was a weird Jarring thing Because I could see So much potential But it was so Unsatisfying I was like There's other movies That do it better Keanu is like beautiful but that's really all he is Rachel Weiss <laughs> is like very misused in this one like not used at all and I was just like this is this could have well been like a poorly done pilot for a CW show um, like <laughs> yeah and I was just like this is unfortunate rewatching it
0: <laughs> wow wow that Jasmine is coming hard for Constantine <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, like, that's right I,
2: that's, uh, you, I, I'm just like ah, it just didn't work but that's it's uh that's a perfect description of the reason. <laughs> it really is. And really even is. and even Keanu like I don't I mean I know we're we you guys are the Keanu sores but uh uh-huh. I I <laughs> I didn't I wasn't even taken by Keanu. Like he, he looked he he looked so like ghostly and mm-hmm. um and you know like just pale and not, not in a, I mean, p- there's people who look great pale, uh, mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton, for yes. example, yes. fantastic, yes. but just yes. he, 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 uh, it didn't work for me. Like this is the least attractive and interesting. I have found Keanu, mm-hmm. Keanu in a while. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> it's, I do think, it, yeah, I think that's interesting. And and obviously like it's a, you know, it's a choice cause they want him to try to, they want him to look gaunt and sickly and things like that. But like, gaunt, that's the worst yes, thing. Yes. Yeah. Jeez. He looks very gaunt and, and, and it, and it is. It is it's interesting because like I do think like what we talked about like up at the beginning is just that like it's these are all good actors. Like Jaiman Hansu is an Oscar winner. Rachel White Vice is an Oscar nominee, if not winner. Uh Keanu is, you know, this podcast is about how culturally relevant and mm-hmm. awesome Keanu is. Mm-hmm. Um Peter Stormare, a great actor. Tilda Swinton is a profoundly great actor mm-hmm. and even the character actors in this film are good. Like it's, it is a, and it is a rich, beautiful, like the set design, like every single image in this film is, is beautiful. It really is an every frame of photo kind of movie where like, I, I think that it's moody. It, the aesthetic is great. It, it conveys a lot of what it's trying to convey through visuals and through costuming, which is something I always really appreciate, mm-hmm. but also I always say if you're only talking about the costumes and the setting mm-hmm. and the shots then you're not necessarily talking about a whole film and a and a great film mm-hmm. and I and I do think that they they did the best they could with the material but to all of our points the material is is lacking. <laughs> Um, mm. It's definitely lacking. Yeah, so.
1: like something that I like to always think about is there one of a few of my favorite bars in Chicago. Um, always play movies silently in the background. Um, yeah. and uh, so there's a lot of movies that are really good, like suited well for that kind of thing, where you see the images moving but you don't hear it. So you're kind of intrigued at what it is, and you do a little bit of research, but you don't really have any intention to see it yourself. Um, Constantine would do well in that, I think.
0: Um, that is a I. Yeah, I think that's a that's a perfect place to leave it because that is, I think, the perfect description of Constantine. <laughs> it is a movie that looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this you... is,
2: I mean, what do you think? What do you think, uh, Garrett, <laughs> as someone who's into action and someone who's into Keanu, obviously, and someone who's into comics? Like, I love the idea of a um, of like if you took you know the Exorcist. And you multiplied it by the French connection. Like, mm-hmm. I think that yeah. that's, that's like, as far as, a, is there any other media that does that well? Like, is there any, does anyone else pull this off well? I never saw the Preacher series. Maybe that does it well. I'm not like, sure.
0: I think this, this specific, like that specific amalgamation, like very specific, like Catholic, like designed to destroy Catholic sleep patterns, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like exorcism, possession. War, <laughs> um, you know, I, it's, it's it's hard to think. Like, I think that like the Hellboy, the Hellboy franchise does. Oh, it, yeah. It, it yeah, does it. Do that. <laughs> it does it. It does it better than this. But I also hmm. think that like the Hellboy franchise is not great. um <gasps> I think I think that I mean, like the Hellboy franchise is it's it's fun. It's not necessarily great, yeah. but it's yeah. in my opinion. But mm-hmm. it's uh, and I and, and that is that is one where I am with hellboy i am so close to the source material it's my favorite comic ever written so it's very hard for me to be objective um but i it does that um i think like uh i had you know i i think like there are these themes come up in like a slightly different way in like blade blade 2 mm. mm. um the uh, the sort of mood and aesthetic of blade 2 is very similar to constantine um but i think like yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's a good question because like action horror is definitely a thing, but it's usually like it usually feels a lot more like the Matrix. Like the underworld films are the Matrix with vampires. Mm. Like you know, I keep wanting to say like Tales from the Crypt, Demon night Oh, the best that that movie <laughs> that movie like, I watched a week ago. And
2: it is awesome. Is it, like, was that like your f- was that your first time? Oh no, it? I oh, okay. no no no. I like grew I grew up. Uh, I watched that movie many many times as a teenager but I haven't Same. seen it in 20 years I and, haven't either and my god it is I was worried that it was not going to hold up and it it delivers more than I think <laughs> when I was a kid okay.
0: yeah, that's so fun that is awesome and I think maybe where we leave this discussion of Constantine is that it's fun if it's on in a bar but if you're home with and you want to you want this you want to watch a demon possession action film just watch demon night <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I assume this man has uh, um, matured in his um, direction.
0: I I think that he's. I oh no! Okay. I will, I'll say this. I'll say this. The 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 visual effects have matured. Great, that's charitable. <laughs> <laughs> I think that brings us to a good point. So on the Keanu Stories, Alex, we rank every film that we do on a scale of one to five woes. Uh, you know, obviously you can figure out uh, one being the, the worst, five being the best. So since uh, since you're the guest here, Let's ask you first, where would you rank Constantine on a scale of one to five woes? And these are Keanu woes, obviously, not Joey Lawrence.
2: Well, (laughs) no, okay, of course. Uh, So, okay, can
0: I ask a clarifying question about the scale? Is
2: this this in the context of movies overall, or is it one through five of Keanu's oeuvre? Uh, This,
0: I... That is an excellent question and one that I wish we had discussed before
2: someone asked us. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I will I uh, will say if it's of the ouvre, I would give this a one because um, there are oh. so many other movies I would suggest to people first. But if it's if it's you know, as a movie goes, I'd say two point five.
0: This is this is fun because we've recorded, as you always should, uh, test podcast before, mm-hmm. you know, before giving this a real run. And uh, and so far, uh, the only other person who's had to rank a movie also changed the ranking system. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we have we have a
2: question. We have a question for, for anyone who listens to Wire Dads. We have a question called um, uh, we know who the dad is. Who is the daddy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, and yes. and that that really is like an existentially jarring question for everyone who has to answer it, because they're like, like sometimes people like ask us in advance. They're like, so is it like a sexy thing? Or is it like an authority thing? And Mm. I'm just like, whatever you want it to be. And and Mm. it's like, people are just staring into the
0: abyss. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so Jasmine on whatever scale feels right in your brain, uh, one to five woes Constantine, where are you at? Yeah, um I will do
1: it as an overall movie thing just because that's what I prepared my notes for. But I think I like going <laughs> it on an ouvre thing movie. well, I've just butchered the word. Um, but moving, moving forward, forward. Um I think yeah. I do too. Where uh, does
0: this rank three to five or where does this rank one to five in the Keanu oeuvre? The <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that.
1: Yeah, um, but just on a like a movie scale, um, it's actually funny. I was gonna give it a generous three, but then I read yeah. this IMDb trivia factoid talking about how the director didn't want to do a love story or romantic element of it, which is, I think, still a stretch. Oh, that's
2: great. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and that's why I bumped it up to a 3.5. But before then, I was going to give it, like, a 2.5, maybe 3, just because, like I had mentioned before, how different I had remembered the movie versus seeing it now and how kind of hollow it is. But it's still, um, like, beautiful. But the fact that um, the director... Was very determined to not make it a love story. I'm just like, kudos, 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 kudos. That that's so out.
2: cool. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's really I,
0: great. I love that too. I pulled that as well, and because I thought it was really interesting. And I think that helps it. I think that and the LA setting help make it mm. feel more like a traditional noir. Yeah, where like typically the detective doesn't get the girl and like kind of just bumbles his way through like kind of just puts himself and other people at risk until the the solution presents itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because in most noir, the detective doesn't actually solve a fucking thing. <laughs> um and 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 I think that I think that does make it interesting. I think that 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 that's a good choice. I think that this director tries to make good choices. I haven't necessarily loved any of his films yet, but I think that I will eventually love a film that this man makes. Um, <laughs> and in the interest of that, uh I think as far as like movies go, I think, you know, Constantine's probably a three woes. Uh in the overall Keanu oeuvre though, because he is maybe our greatest action star, it's probably a two. Um mm. You know what's you know what's too bad about
2: this about the thing that Jasmine just said, which is which is I mean, that's so cool and it it really does stand out because mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that um and, you know, I'm I'm really glad you brought it up. But the the thing that so my my co-host Sarah um, and I always talk about. It seems like our people, like not not our like our people, the people who like follow our podcast, the people that follow her podcast, the people that we gravitate towards. Usually, I am are like, one
0: of those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: yes. kink, we call it they're kinky nerds. Uh, um, very specific genre of person, you know. It's like, yeah. like, 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 um, like a like, uh, uh, polyamorous uh, comic book people usually. Mm, and, that is um,
0: literally me. Literally yeah, describing yeah. me.
2: <laughs> and so, and so, what's too bad um, is I'm I'm glad that that was the case, but it's too bad that. All sexuality was sucked out of this movie. Yes. Because, oh my god, because, yes. You know, Rachel Weiss is is amazing and and Tilda is amazing, and even even Shia is amazing. Like uh-huh. all these people have are are attractive and interesting in all the ways that they are, exude some kind of sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and that's the draw. And this movie managed to to make it all entirely asexual with the exception of um uh Gavin uh, Chaps. Oh yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> and Assless Chaps. Well, and that's it's interesting like too. That, that mismatch. <laughs> <laughs> Never have Assless Chaps been asexual before this film. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting that you bring that up too, because like I think that um like it was not canon at the time of this film, but it is, I believe, canon now that John Constantine is bisexual. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and so, like that would have been an interesting thing to explore, uh, yeah, definitely, sh- and in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. If this was, um,
2: if this were, like, not, I didn't see the CW thing, but if this were, like, prestige, you know, like if this was, like, a prestige series, mm-hmm. they could, they yeah.
0: could delve into that, and it mm-hmm. would be cool. Yeah, it would definitely be cool. That brings us to our uh, final segment on the Keanu Sores, a segment that we call does it matrix and uh, <laughs> Alex what this is is basically after having discussed this film we like to sit down and uh and kind of give our points on whether we think this is a different version of the matrix just if this Keanu film is just one more universe that the machines have created for Neo to try to keep him occupied so he doesn't tear down the system <laughs> <laughs> um Jasmine, uh, do you want to start us off on on your on your uh, your points on whether this matrix is or not?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Um, a lot of mine are more aesthetic, though, um, but it still <laughs> do, definitely does matrix, um, especially of the methods that Constantine and Angela used to traverse to hell. Um, and then also the minute that um, Constantine sat in the chair, it was very like Neo getting ready to get into the matrix. Um, But also um, in Constantine's apartment, there's a lot of green windows and the whole Matrix movie is like tinted green for a reason. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, that would be um, like a a point there. And then also the so much deliberate symbolism that happens in the movie makes it align a lot with the Matrix. Um, and I say this partly because <laughs> the first time I saw The Matrix, it was within the context of, like, a Bible study. So we were, like, pointing out the, like, Jesus, what? whatever, Christian oh, symbols in it. This
2: The is the coolest thing that yeah. happened to cool Christians ever. Yes, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I am literally, I yeah. had no idea this was a thing. Oh, my, oh my God, God, Alex, really? I'm so oh, glad Jasmine. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's so funny because jokes on everyone, it's about trans
0: people. Yes, uh, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. 100% yeah. eat it cool. Christian, Christian leaders. Right? Yeah. It is like cool. the least, it is like the anti-Randian film. Oh, like no, the whole no. point of, it. oh my God. Wow. Yeah. No, okay. No, but, J-
2: but Jasmine, t- explain why.
1: Yes, because like the one is supposed to be Jesus Christ, like he's coming back, and there's Sweet all these different um, parts about how okay. these are the um, what's the term? But like the the special people who must oh, follow the their people? yes, the chosen ones. Wow, I the haven't chosen like yeah. gone to church in years, and this is what happens. But anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm so, a
0: polyamorous comic <laughs>
1: person. I don't go to church. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you go in with that specific context, you can pull out a ton of contextual like proof and evidence that this is a very Christian movie and so Mm. on that line that's why I was just like there's a lot of stuff that makes it really deliberately like symbolic which goes along with the matrix and so it's like the broken glass and the seeping blood that comes out of Constantine uh, when um, uh, Satan is trying to like get him um, they look like angel wings and um, the the cross over the the hospital that is like constantly being panned over it's like super in your face so because of like the very deliberate symbolism I was like this is definitely a matrix uh, arena. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I think that that's that's really interesting, and I think it's I think it's interesting too, just discovering this that like it really is like the <laughs> elephant, like the elephant proverb, like everyone's just <laughs> eyes closed, touching a different part of the elephant. Like I did not know there was a Christian part of the Matrix elephant, but apparently yeah. there yeah. is. Uh huh. Um, so. I also believe that this Matrix is I think this this may be the most this might be the most fast like softball down the middle Mm -hmm. uh, does it Matrix that we will have on this show. Um, I think I think a lot about that moment in the Matrix Reloaded, like the first Matrix sequel, where they talk about how vampires and ghosts Mm. and other monsters are like rogue programs Um, And so, like, you know, there's, it's not a, it's not a stretch at all to think that, like, there's this elaborate reality that's been created where Keanu, who's, you know, in this, you know, or Neo slash John Constantine is hunting down these rogue programs as this demon hunting detective. Mm. The Rachel Weiss character, the Angela Dodson character makes, like, an excellent stand-in for Trinity. It's Mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of will-they-won't-they, pull-and-pull, just like in the original Matrix. Um, Papa Midnight is, like, a very like, you know, you could draw a lot of parallels between Papa Midnight and the Oracle. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, like, I mean, like, even, like, like kind of, like, right down to, like, like the end of the film is, like, John Constantine making a literal bargain with a deity. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's seen The Matrix, like, The Matrix ends with him, like, making a bargain with the architect Mm -hmm. to, like, (laughs) leave me alone and I'm going to go live my life the way that I'm going to go live it. Um, And so, yeah. And then, like, also just, like, the one little thing I always like to point out is a little synergy is, like, this all began because I started thinking on a plane one time that John Wick just I was literally watching John Wick on a plane and I was like, this just feels like another version of the Matrix. And then I was like, I'd like to talk about that with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how this podcast was born. Peter Stormare is in this, Peter Stormare is in John Wick. I rest my case. Um so Alex, what we like to do after we've discussed our points on whether something matrixes or not is we want you, the guest, to to give us your thoughts. And be the final ultimate decision maker on whether Constantine is just another version of the Matrix. So, what do you think?
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean you, you both made compelling uh, uh, compelling points along those lines but like yeah like uh, if you had told me that this and it did not but if you told me that this movie came out six months after the matrix did um and they were just really trying to keep going for the matrix energy <laughs> mm-hmm. i would be like yep that checks out um, I, i've forgotten i've you know i i uh it, Keanu is is my favorite for a lot of different reasons. Like like Point Break, Keanu. Um, uh, my own private, private Idaho, Keanu. Uh, there's all these different points of I've always I've argued for Keanu. You know, for twenty years, really, mm-hmm. to people Same. who who would give him shit because mm-hmm. he was just the whoa guy. You know, yeah. like I, I I thought that that I. I know him in a much deeper mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. um um than than a lot of people did before his whole renaissance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh but I I had forgotten how daunting the aughts must have been for him um uh because of people trying to you know keep recreating the Matrix in one mm-hmm. way or another. Yeah. And yeah, this is I feel like of all of the movies uh that you're gonna cover this one has to be the one with the most overlap.
0: Oh yeah. I mean I it's
2: outside of John Wick, obviously, which you just said. But <laughs> Yeah.
0: I mean and, and even honestly, like it's gonna be it's gonna be nose and nose between John the John Wick well, series and this. Well John, John like, Wick has
2: the John Wick has the cell the thing where it's like, you know, um you can get anyone to watch John Wick. I feel like because it's like it's like Keanu in action. Mm-hmm. I feel like the second you add fantasy or sci-fi, you lose some people. Yes, for sure. And so, so I think that that's the other thing that like bunches this a little more on the Matrix side than on the John Wick side is like John Wick r- truly is
0: for anybody mm-hmm. um, yes.
2: who can stomach violence. But yes. this is this is so specific, <laughs> very
0: <laughs> specific. Very specific. Yeah. Um, so, in the interest of of, uh, of of a little a little synergy uh, here as well on our part, uh, Alex, I want to ask you, uh, who is the dad and who's the daddy in Constantine? Well, God is the dad. For so, sure. 100%. Um, sure. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, actually the devil, I really. And this is Satan is the dad cuz cuz they're trying to breed a, a, a
0: son a, a, of Satan. Yeah, and yeah. I, and
2: and I will say again if anyone listens to my podcast or podcasts they know that if there's more than one name involved, I am lucky to remember it. So I want to <laughs> celebrate Jasmine for knowing Satan's baby's name. Okay. That, <laughs> is, that is amazing. Um uh, but I think I think that the the pretty Evident. Well, I mean, what is the name what is the name of the um the guy who owns the club? Midnight. Uh, oh my god. Um, did you mind yeah, I would, mm-hmm. I would, Oh my god. I would say it's a he smiles at one point, and I was like, oh fuck, man. Mm-hmm. But he <laughs> it's a it's a it's a uh, uh, face-off not face off. It's a face-off between him and a I mean they are Yes They are they are the most to me the the biggest takeaways from this movie now is they are just um even though They're not allowed to have sexual energy because this movie has no sexual energy. <laughs> yes. They kind of, you can look at them and remember that they, they would if they were uh, unrestrained.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that Tilda Swinton performance is my oh, favorite good. thing. She's on screen twice and it's like the best part of the film. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Her entrance <laughs> with her hair. You know, like hair. a Tilda Swinton performance. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Jasmine, totally the hair. And
2: her face, and <laughs> her face when she's wearing that outfit, you almost forget that outfit because her, I mean, she's just, She's magnetic. I had to Very. pause the
1: movie and take a deep breath because I was just like, <laughs> I have this is a Keanu podcast. I have to focus. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: funny. okay if it becomes a tilde podcast as well. <laughs> all funny. right. So I that is so we are definitively, we are a yes, yes, yes to steal from an even another podcast. We are a reply a, all. A, a reply all <laughs> reference. We are a triple yes on Does It Matrix. Um, Alex, uh Thank you so much for being a part of this. This has been really fun. In um, honor. Yeah. Once again, please. I, I am a huge Wire Dads fan. Everyone should listen to Wire Dads. It is fantastic. Uh, tell everyone a little bit about like just what the podcast is, is trying to do and where they can find it and you on the Internet.
2: Sure. Just, I mean, just. I don't, I don't even know what our URL is because it's like some slash URL. But just look up, just Google "Why Our Dads" and then podcast. Um, and we're on t- we're on Twitter at Why Our Dads, and we are on Instagram at Why Our Dads. And the whole thing is we watch movies and assess the um the dad themes in the <laughs> movies uh, as a means of having an easier way of talking about our own personal and collective issues with fathers and so like for example like this week we're watching terminator 2 which is a pretty easy low-hanging one mm-hmm. because the terminator is a stand-in for a dad for a little androgynous boy yes. um, um, and <laughs> as, as to
0: interject that was my first r-rated film with my father
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, that was the case for a lot of people, I feel. And, and, and um, you know, the whole the whole concept is, you know, talking about personal things. It's hard talking about pop culture is easy. So we split the difference.
0: Awesome. And it is a great podcast. And everyone follow Alex, follow the podcast, listen to it like subscribe do all those things you need to do to help podcasts out and do Um, all those things to the
2: (laughs) source. yeah Yeah, thank
0: Thank you very much and in the spirit of that Jasmine where do people find you on the internet
1: oh yes Um, I am consistently Blueberry Jelly it's just not consistently it's just at Blueberry Jelly across all social (laughs) medias
0: (laughs) this podcast you will be able to find at Kianasaurus which is a really difficult thing to spell oh Um, so many (laughs) U's and E's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, you can also find me at G. Brett Williams and I will gently direct you away from my radical leftist politics <laughs> and to my podcast, which is a lot more chill than the rest of my Twitter. <laughs> um, so thanks again, Alex, for being here. Uh, thanks again, Jasmine, as always, for helping me drive this boat. Yeah. Uh, we have been the Keanu Sewers. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye.